0: Welcome to the Seen Deep Podcast, where we see deep in a shallow world by exploring our surrounding culture through a biblical lens. Back with me this week to discuss finding wholeness in Christ is author Angeli Pascal, who is the founder of the Moms We Love Club and writes regularly for Encourage, a widely followed online community of Christian women. After graduating from Point Loma Nazarene University, Angelie earned a master's degree in spiritual formation and soul care from Talbot Seminary. She currently lives in Southern California with her husband, Sam, and five children. Sam is a pastor at Mission Hills Church in San Marcos. They enjoy renovating their fixer-upper and spending weekends at the ocean. Welcome back, Angelie. Hi, it's great to be here
1: again. Thank you.
0: Well, thank you the scripture for this episode is taken from psalm 62 verses 5 through 8 for god alone oh my soul wait in silence for my hope is from him he only is my rock and my salvation my fortress i shall not be shaken on god rests my salvation and my glory my mighty rock my refuge is god Trust in Him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for us. These verses just make me want to pause and breathe. Part of staying to me is this abiding in God, which you mentioned at the end of our last episode. He's able to help us face those places and things we don't want to face. He is our hope, not perfectionism or acceptance. We will not be shaken as we stay and abide with Him as our refuge. He is our covering. You know, and this word cover is an interesting word. Christ's righteousness covers us. And your book, Stay, was described as a call to uncover. We can be ourselves Mm -hmm. in the presence of God because we never were enough. And He is our identity now. But getting to this place of freedom takes time. It is a process, isn't it? Can you describe your process of getting to a place of staying?
1: Yeah, I think a real, um, real turning point in my life was about 15 years ago, maybe more than that. Wow, time flips by. Um, (laughs) When I was in my mid 20s and I went on a three week isolated retreat where anyone who's on the West Coast would know in Washington, Um, There's a town called Gig Harbor, the little island attached right outside of it called Fox Island. And I spent three weeks on this island alone in this cabin in the woods where I literally was forced to stay. Um, It was a part of my master's degree program. So I couldn't have my phone. I couldn't have internet. It was no music, just absolutely alone. And I would meet with someone once a day for about an hour and the whole purpose of the journey the retreat was to face my biggest darkest deepest fears and to be with god and it was terrifying i mean i don't th- i mean i just wanted to i did i cried i wept i screamed i ached i was bored but i was um forced to really see myself and see god and it radically changed um everything and my experience of God, prayer, uh, the way I learned um, and unpacked a lot of my unhealthy patterns. And so I think that was the, the real beginning of me looking inside and learning how to stay and the value of staying. And I say that knowing, okay, well, not everyone can go to a cabin for three weeks. Now we are right now on a stay home mandate so it kind of feels like we're in lockdown (laughs) where we're on our own retreat here but you know it's it's this how do we take how do i take what what i experienced there into normal real life with responsibilities and kids and demands and so that was a little bit of my my starting and my journey into what it meant to stay
0: Yes, it's almost like we've all been sent to our rooms. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> but yet there, you know, because we can, which is a blessing, work yeah. virtually. Uh, I don't know that it's felt quite like a retreat at this point for no. me because I already <laughs> worked virtually beforehand. So I'm like, ah. Oh. But, uh, but there is this sense of you are right there with your family, with your responsibilities all in one place. And so I think God can accomplish, I think he is accomplishing things, uh, really dealing with your book, you know, uh, stay, to be able to stay right in the midst of where we're at and go to God in those places. Um, so each of your chapters has subheadings issuing a unique invitation. Uh, an invitation to loneliness, an invitation to pain. Why would anyone want to accept those kind of invitations?
1: Mm. Well, I think when, as women, and we can look backwards, right, in our lives, I think it's it's true that we have all experienced this, a degree of pain, um, in some way, and as much as that pain was, um, paralyzing and terrible. I know though. there's also this tiny bit of gratitude. Mm-hmm. And though we wouldn't necessarily want to walk through it again, we can look back and say, Oh, that changed me. And because you stayed with the pain, um, you are a different person. And in ways your character and your perspective on life is better and more clear. And so you, I think we can look backwards and say, yeah, it was worth it. Okay. Some, it was worth going through the fire because of what I came out with. But I think it's the practice of, of um, every day entering and staying. And it's, it's really becoming a whole. like we're talking about. When mm. we don't stay, we become disconnected because for many of us even though our bodies are moving forward our our hearts and our souls emotionally are stuck in different places hmm. and so how do we connect how do we stay whole with our physical body where we are and our emotional hearts how do we bring those back together
0: yes well and it's for me it is you know the word of god and i have to be in his word every day if, if i miss Oh, do I feel it? because it's it's like going through a day of fasting from food, you know our our bodies yeah. will will feel it and just be yeah. you know rebelling, <laughs> but my spirit, you know that, that's we were made for him, and so when we try to just be separate from him in our busyness and we don't stay in his presence, which it is a hard discipline. you know it's easy to get distracted, but i I just feel it you know so much. You have so many great statements in your book. Can I just tell you that?
1: you? Oh, you're so sweet.
0: <laughs> you say, when we stay, he comes. We have to be real with God in order to find real help with God. This is why we accept those hard invitations, isn't it? Because we can stay so busy, we stay away from staying.
1: Right. Yeah, 100%.
0: Yeah. And and I think um, what you were saying before, I, I can say some of the hardest places in my life that there was a place of surrender, a point of surrender where I said, you know, God, I'm going to stop worrying about what the future might hold apart from your grace. And I just thank you for what you brought me through. And Lord, I, I surrender to you. And if that had to happen again, I wouldn't change a thing. And and to have those words, people can Mm. say that. But I really came to a point of, yes, God, you know, you know best, but I never would have volunteered for it.
1: (laughs) You know? No. Isn't it amazing (laughs) that we can look back at the most horrific experiences in our lives and say, and have gratitude?
0: Yes. It's a supernatural work, you know. So you discussed the presence of shame in your life and the profound effect it had. You said shame redeemed in our lives becomes our greatest story. I'm a living testimony of that. (laughs) Uh, In my book, Shame Off You, I discuss how we really live in a shame culture. And so it is so difficult to break free from shame. It is like the protocol social response in so many areas. Can you share about your encounter with shame and how you overcame it?
1: Yeah, I can. You know, it it is an interesting, this is probably a whole other podcast we need to do at some point, (laughs) but um, it's an interesting culture we live in because I think what I'm seeing right now even is this pendulum swing all the way to the other side to say, to, to eliminate shame. Mm. And and I, the phrase that keeps coming up for me is the dangerous elimination of shame. And I don't mean the the freedom in Jesus from shame. Right. I mean, there's there there's this voice, these voices out there that are saying, if you feel shame, um, that's that's someone else's fault. And I want to say, I don't that shame is a gift in that it, the shame is not the enemy. Shame leads us to understand who Jesus is and his grace. So if you've done something instead of, okay, yeah, I did something bad. Yeah. There's sin there. It's like, oh, well, if I feel shame, it's because of an institution or a person. So isn't that interesting where it's like, I think there's these pendulum swings. And so Basically, we can eliminate sin by just saying, oh, well, someone else, you know, the church or politics or that person over there told me I'm bad, but I'm not bad. Like, Right.
0: That's one of the premises of my book. You can't get uh, rid of shame just by saying so. Really, shame is a warning to us. And if we biblically process it and we say, okay, let's look at the truth of this. Is it conviction or condemnation? Um, and we're not to remain in shame but and that's where the shame off you principle comes from but we need to pay attention to it and just shrugging our shoulders and you know there's even a tv show i've never watched it um about shame i can't remember the name of it uh shameless maybe um and i guess the the premise behind it is this we're shameless. Like, we don't feel shame. And it's like, right. yeah, you actually do. <laughs> yeah. You can't
1: get rid of it that way. So, right. yeah. So, no, I just love that. Because, I'm honestly, I'm just in this wrestling place in this moment of my life where I'm just wrestling with shame because it's um, there's a lot of voices that, that say, that, that scapegoat shame. And I don't want us to be buried in it. But I want us to understand, it's like what you said, I can't say it as nicely as you did, but it's like <laughs> the shame is a sign. Shame, it either, it, what is it pointing to? Is it condemnation or conviction? And I think, well, how experienced it in my life was, well, and probably working through still, is with motherhood, you know, mm. and not letting people see, oh my goodness, if they saw what I really did, then I would be, uh, you know, the shame is, I'm bad. You know, shame—that is, that I am bad, or something's wrong with me. And so, it was really this journey of a, um, a sweet older mama who came into my life and um, helped me when I was really struggling with shame and drowning, and Cheerios and dirty car seats, and just loved me through it. Really, and shame when loved is transformative, and it's that real picture of Jesus. <sighs> taking a deep breath because it's true. The real love of God that kind of throws his cloak over us and yes. takes our bad and gives us his good. And yes. so it's really, um, I think following the lines of what you said is, you know, is it true shame or false shame? Yep. And so false shame will always move us into a neurotic need to keep up the show And true shame will always lead us to the cross. And so it's learning really of um, discernment of what is true shame and all shame. And um, really, again, like kind of what we talked about in the last episode of shame moves us into our need for grace.
0: Amen. Yeah. And you know, our fig leaves don't work so well at getting rid of shame. (laughs) We have the same problem. We try our methods and ultimately it's getting with God and asking him to remove it. Only he can. And as we repent, if there's any shame we have to own or, you know, um, fun, fun question. Do you hear cricket?
1: (laughs) I do. Do you hear that? (laughs) He's somewhere down here. Well, I hear one outside my window. It could be that. Is that what it is? Hear? It is. I think it's a bird outside my window. Oh, okay. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm like thinking, we, we have crickets what going is that? <laughs> <laughs> I feel no shame for that. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> so also on the topic of shame and fear, you said in your book, guilt must be named and fear must be followed if freedom is ever to be found. This is so true. We cannot get rid of something we deny. We have to name shame and deal with it biblically, examine it through truth, humility, and grace to be able to extinguish it from our lives. I think once we recognize shame's presence, we can also begin to see that it is everywhere. And fear, while sometimes associated with shame, is also... Such a huge obstacle to being whole in Christ. And you mentioned fear earlier, but are there any other thoughts you have on how
1: you've dealt with fear? Mm. Turn the light on. <laughs> that's, really, that's really simple and it's really hard, but it's turning the light on. And again, and it's turning the light on with, with Jesus, but it's turning the light on with people. Like the people in your lives, like people who are in your corner, who are your team, like those are the people who need to see you. And it's terrifying. It's so scary to be vulnerable, um, but it's the only way to love.
0: Mm. I like that. You know, a couple of my kids do turn the lights on and leave them on (laughs) all night long. (laughs) No, but I know you mean... Uh, but it is uh, it is true. I mean, it's, it's just simple. We can either focus on the fear or focus on the one who is over everything. And um, he can deal with our fear. So this world offers so many solutions to fill the hungry souls that feel the chasm we have as we ache for eternity. As it says in Ecclesiastes 3.11, yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. We long to be whole, and this wholeness only comes as we are in His presence, as you mentioned earlier. We can be so easily deceived to try the counterfeit solutions. So how do you recommend that we get past all the obstacles to this place of peace?
1: You know, I would kind of reframe that, and I would say it's through those obstacles that you find peace. Hmm um those the the very thing you are in, yes, to stay there and and again i it stay is not a physical thing, it can be, but it it doesn't have to be and so um well, here's an example right now, um with one of my children where it's, it's it's very difficult, there's a lot of deception, there's some really difficult behavior and so it's really through entering that with him in his heart and his soul and what's going on and his thinking and, and staying with him um, that there becomes the intimacy. There becomes the he's vulnerable, I am vulnerable. We connect in that place through the struggle. It's not necessarily, okay, once we get past the struggle, then we have peace. No, it's the relational connection that happens through it.
0: So good. I think in the natural, we want to avoid it. And it's just relearning, you know, that it's kind of retraining our brain. No, that's not how you handle obstacles.
1: (laughs) Go Mm -hmm. through them. And,
0: you know, uh, I remember and I had dealt with the same situation with uh, one of my children and coming to a point of realizing I was taking it personally when they would deceive me or try to deceive me. And the Holy Spirit would tell me, hey, this is their sin (laughs) Uh, but Mm -hmm. it was this understanding that he has the problem i need to try to help him see that and not take it personally that kind of helped me through that but so good we just cannot avoid those obstacles is there anything else you'd like to share with us today
1: well even that i think there is um this idea of staying, right? We stay with ourselves. We stay with God. We stay with other people. And I think the the temptation is to actually, um, it's hard to stay with people. Mm. And we want to take their pain away or we want to avoid their pain. And the only way we know we are able to love people is to stay with them as they are. And a lot of times um, that's giving people back their pain. And so like, kind of like what you were saying with your child, where it's like, you no, know, this is their situation. He has to hold it. He has to know it.
0: Mm. And I
1: think for even a parent it's like, oh, I don't want my child to have pain. I don't want them to suffer. You yes. know, it's just awful when they suffer, we suffer. And, and it's the same with friendships and sibling relationships and cowork. I mean, any relationship, it's like, we have to stay with people as they are without trying to fix, manipulate, avoid. It's like the power um, of staying is the capacity really to love somebody. And so if we take people's pain, we take away their capacity to know God's love and God's grace. In the same way, when we don't stay, it takes away our capacity to to know God's love and grace for us.
0: Amen. Amen. Your concluding chapter offers an invitation to be loved. You describe when you nearly drowned and how many of us are also drowning. The solution is to stay hidden in Christ as you share John 15, verse 4. Stay joined to me and I will stay joined to you. Is there a secret to the staying in Christ?
1: It's very easy. Hmm. And I think it goes back to my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I want to, it's that... um staying with God and him staying with us is it's abiding. And, uh, and I want to like just say, it's like sometimes we make, we turn our relationship with Jesus into work. We turn it into things we do for him or we have to do for him. And it's, he says, it's easy. It's easy.
0: Mm.
1: Like the drinking water, like the air you breathe, like making your bed, like brushing your teeth, It's being with somebody. It's a companionship. That's like, you know, I think about my relationship with my husband. And if someone asked me, how's your relationship? How's your marriage? How's Sam going? You know, and if I said, well, I've been doing the dishes and I've been cleaning out the car and I folded his shirt. You know, if I, if I just started listing all the things I was doing, I would, I would think like, oh, that's a weird thing. That doesn't measure how your relationship with Sam, my husband is going. It's, it's like, I, I'm in relationship now. Even though he's up in the house, hopefully doing homeschool with the kids, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And so it's like, it's like, oh yeah, like Mm. there is, there is an easiness to abiding. It's being with God and it's being with God all the time. And it's opening your heart in this moment. I mean, in this moment, you know, God, and this is, this is true. It's like, God, I'm tired. God, I have this headache that I woke up with. God, I don't really want to go back into the house and start prepping for lunch. You know, it's just, God, I have on my mind, I have my sister in the Middle East who's who is really struggling right now. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just this open space where we allow God to be and God is with us. God is mm-hmm. with us. God is with us
0: i I find myself saying that so often about God with us you know and it is so prevalent in his word. But you know even as you're sharing, I just think that is such an important point for people to really hear again, it's easy. Um, mm-hmm. because we've been deceived into thinking it's not easy and because the reason why it isn't easy sometimes is because we've let our flesh rule and we're walking in the flesh instead of the spirit. But if we walk in the Spirit, you know, God has said, come. (laughs) He's invited us to come, and He's right there. Thank you for being here with us today, Angelie. Your book is beautiful and such a sweet invitation for us all to simply stay in the presence of God as our true selves.
1: Thank you. It's great to be here. Thanks for letting me share.
0: Sure thing. So if you're listening today and you don't know what it means to stay in Christ, you can do that right now. I'd like to pray for you as we close this episode. Feel free to leave a comment for Anjali or myself or how we can pray for you. Lord Jesus, I just pray that the words in this episode will sink deep into our hearts, God. Lord, help us to remember that it's easy. Help us to remember to come to you, to sit in your presence. And if there's anyone who's listening today who hasn't come to know you, Lord, I just pray in Jesus' name, Lord, that you would draw them to yourselves, And that they would even repeat these words after me. Dear Jesus, I have fallen short. I've sinned. I've made mistakes. Will you please forgive me and save me? In Jesus' name. You see, it is easy. We make it complicated. And I just pray right now, if you've prayed that prayer, that you'd reach out to Anjali or myself. You can find out more about Anjali on her website, www.angelipascal.com leave a comment to be entered to receive a free copy of her book. You've been listening to the Scene Deep Podcast where we dive into the Word of God for the answers to life's problems. <laughs>